Hi, this is Bobby Sylvester with the Fantasy Pros Football Podcast. And before we start today, we're going to take a quick message from one of our sponsors. Do you play daily fantasy? If so, you should check out Draft. On Draft, you just do simple snake drafts, just like the ones you do at the beginning of your season-long leagues. You can do drafts whenever you want. They last for just one week. They only take minutes to compete. On Draft, you can play for free, play for real money, and get this, your chance of winning on Draft is almost 200% better than your chance of winning playing daily fantasy salary cap. I have the Draft up on my phone. I just did a six-player draft, and I got the first overall pick. I took Julio Jones this week. I'm about to do another. Go ahead and join me. Download Draft now. Just search Draft in the App Store, and it'll come up first. Be sure to enter the promo code FANTASYPROS when you download, and you'll get a one. 100% bonus when you deposit. Again, search draft in the app store and be sure to enter the promo code fantasy pros. Fantasy Pros Football Podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Sylvester, and by my side is producer JP Gale. Today we'll be joined by Fantasy Pros correspondent Dan Harris to talk about news of the week and some of the top waiver wire pickups. But before we do, I wanted to announce the winner of the My Playbook Ultimate Package upgrade. It's Timothy Bass. He gets a free upgrade. Thanks to everyone who reviewed us and subscribed on iTunes. Really helps us. Uh, for those of you listening who haven't already done it, please just take 30 seconds, leave us a review and subscribe on iTunes. It helps a ton. I read all the reviews. I appreciate them. Even if it's a, you know, a critical review, uh, we want to get better in this show. So just please let us know what you think. Put it on iTunes. Really helps us out. All right. Now over to some fantasy football and Dan Harris is now joining us. Hey, Dan, thanks for coming on the show. My pleasure, Bobby. So, Dan, I know you've been watching these highlights of J.H.I.E. What can you tell us about this guy? I mean, you know, I don't know how much there is that I could uh, tell you about a guy who's running for 200 yards in back-to-back games. Uh, he's looking awesome right now. And, you know, obviously it's a pretty big surprise given what happened the first five weeks. But, I mean, you know, he's a physical runner. He's breaking tackles. He's hitting all the holes hard. I mean, look, the, the knock on him was never really talent. He fell to the fifth round more because he had the knee injury, not really about his talent. Um, I think the big thing, honestly, at this point – is that the Dolphins' offensive line is finally, for the first time, healthy. You know, Mike Pouncey's back and Tunsil's back. So he's really kind of just just doing it well. And Pittsburgh was obviously a, a pretty soft matchup. But, you know, Buffalo was middle of the pack until I'm sure their ranking went down pretty far after that game. But, um, you know, in the end, I don't know. I mean, it, it's hard to think of him anything other than uh, a you know, I'd probably say he's a low end RB one going forward until unless he does this again, in which case I'll just admit, but you know, they've got a fairly tough schedule coming up with the jets twice and the Rams and Arizona and Baltimore. So I, I definitely think that it's not an entire fluke. And, you know, it's hard to say that about anybody who could run for that many yards. Uh, I'm not willing to to put him as a top five back, but you know, with the, the holes he's running through are, are big and he's, he's just running hard. So I, I would put him as a low end RB one going forward until we see more. We're about to find out who he is, and, and that's right where I have him for the rest of the season. I have him ranked RB13, and that's probably a little conservative. Uh, he's just looked amazing. Pro Football Focus, who watches a ton of tape, they had him rated as the number one running back of the season last week based on what he did. It wasn't just the defense he, it, he was going up against. Watch the tape. He was making some great moves. He's obviously really talented. This guy can be a superstar in the league. Here's a stat for you. Only Ricky Williams, Earl Campbell, OJ Simpson twice, and now Jay Ajayi 
have rushed for 200 yards in back-to-back games. Yeah, it's too bad there. It's too bad there wasn't like a parlay in Vegas that you could have done, uh, you know, before week uh, six or something like that and make that uh, gamble. You probably would have won big. But yeah, I mean, he's it's not purely that he's running through these giant holes, although that is part of it. He's a physical runner. He is breaking tackles. He looks great when you actually watch him run. So it's not a a full fluke. I think RB 13 is right around where he needs to be. uh, And, you know, maybe he'll keep doing it. But like I said, tough matchups going forward. But he's definitely for real. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be trying to to dump him. as a pure sell high. You know, it's really funny. I was on a radio show early last week and uh, they asked me about Ajayi. I I told them, you know, he's the best pickup. I can't believe we're talking about a guy that's rushed for 200 yards in back-to-back games. That was a pickup last week. Um, But I, I was really close to saying Ajayi might just run for 200 again, kind of as a joke, just because of the matchup. Um, But I said, yeah, he'll probably run for a hundred plus this week. And, um, I wish I would have said 200. That would have been awesome. No, your life is a bold prediction, Bobby. We always just talk about it on the baseball podcast. You just got to go bold all the time. And if you ever hit, it works. I write the bold predictions column for fantasy pros. And so it's always great. You can get as crazy as you want. And, you know, once in a while you hit one and everyone thinks you're a genius. Dan, that's one of my favorite articles of the week. Uh, if you guys who are listening haven't read this article, check it out every week. It comes out. Uh, when does it come out? Thursday nights? No, it usually comes out Fridays. <laughs> Friday's okay. Yeah, so you ride it on Thursday nights. That's that's what I was reading in last week. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, also just like Jayi, Jaquiz Rogers has been phenomenal. Like he's getting an absolute ton of carries, fifty five plus in the last two weeks. Is there any chance whatsoever that he wins this job outright when Martin comes back? I mean, this is one of the beauties of fantasy football that the two guys who are superstars at this point are Jay Ajayi and Jaquiz Rogers. I mean, it's pretty remarkable. Um, to your question. I mean, there's a chance of anything, but I highly doubt it. I think when Martin comes back, it, it's his role. I mean, you know, Jacquez Rodgers is what he is. He's an undersized running back that has a career 3.8 yards per carry average. I mean, he's not a superstar, uh, and it's Doug Martin's job. I mean, the the biggest thing is that I don't know what's going on with Doug Martin's health. It, he had a setback on a bye. I mean, that that can't be a good sign. So certainly as long as Martin is out, uh, I definitely think that Rodgers is going to have uh, a great, great uh, performance, uh, considering their schedule is really easy going forward. Assuming that Martin comes back, definitely uh, Rodgers is going to be involved somewhat. I mean, remember going into the outset of the season, Charles Sims was going to have sort of the change of pace, pass catching role. So Rodgers will certainly fill that. I would think it would probably be more of like a 70-30 split um, for Martin. But in terms of him wrestling the role away, I would be absolutely shocked if Doug Martin comes back, is fully healthy, and Jacquez Rodgers is the main guy. Yeah, yeah, I could see him being right there in that you know mid thirties running back range. Which, if you're in a deeper a deeper league with a flex, I could see starting him as the flex when Martin comes back. But I think you're right. I think Martin's taking this job. Uh, he has the great nickname. He's the Muscle Hamster for a reason. He was one of the top three running backs in football for a long time, not just two weeks. And part of the reason Rodgers has been so good is because of the matchups. Part of the reason he's so good is because uh, their offensive line is is much improved this year, and he's getting so many carries. So when Martin comes back, if he is getting this kind of workload against the schedule they have remaining, I would not be shocked at all if he's a top three running back again. Yeah, I think fantasy owners really need to pay attention both for Jameis Winston and for Jack, uh, for Doug Martin. The Bucks schedule going forward, I mean, it is pretty remarkable. I mean, you've got Oakland, Atlanta, Chicago, KC, Seattle, San Diego, New Orleans, Dallas, New Orleans. Again, I mean, I'll take out Seattle, maybe Dallas, especially for a running back. That's cake. That's, that's perfect. So certainly going forward, if it's Martin, 
I'd uh, I'd be looking for big things. And if somehow Martin has another setback and Jocko's Riders, uh, look, any running back who's going to get 25 carries is going to have uh, a pretty a pretty good line, um, regardless of the matchup. So certainly Rodgers has value going forward. Uh, but if Martin comes back, I'd expect him to uh, obviously have the lead role and and have a pretty good close to the season. Dan, I mentioned this last week, and I'm going to say it again in case you guys missed the show. Trade for Jameis Winston. Look at that schedule. He gets the New Orleans Saints twice in the fantasy playoffs. You, you can't beat that. And I know, um, you know, he hasn't been great this year, but he threw for over 4,000 yards as a rookie. I know he's lost a lot of talent uh, out of his wide receiver core, but he still has Mike Evans. He's going to find a way to put up yards against these teams. And I just think you can get him at a great price right now. And he's going to be a top five quarterback the rest of the season. That's how high I have him rated. I'm a big believer in him. I've been riding it all over Twitter to everybody. Go get Jameis Winston. Yeah, I have actually seen that on your Twitter feed, and I completely agree. I mean, I don't know if I'd have him top five necessarily, but I can't really argue with it. Uh, yeah, the Bucks' schedule is amazing for their entire offense. So definitely, if you're kind of looking to, to buy low on anybody, those are definitely some good targets to go after. So, Dan, I'm, I'm looking at a list of receivers that had 10 receptions this week. Listen to this list. Devontae Adams, Randall Cobb, Mike Wallace, who I've been hating on all year, and I'm changing my mind because I'm just wrong. Tavon Austin, Ty Montgomery, Michael Thomas. Is it safe to say that this list makes you second guess everything you know about fantasy football? I think pretty much every week this year has made me second guess everything I know about fantasy football. Just speaking about the articles that I write, I also write the QB one primer, just predicting the top 12 QBs. And I'm literally batting like, you know, like 500, 50%, basically at trying to choose the top 12 quarterbacks each week. I'm having more success hitting my bold predictions where I'm literally trying to pick things that are not likely to happen than I am at trying to predict who are going to be the top 12 quarterbacks this week. This year is insane, and certainly wide receiver has been no exception to that. So absolutely, this week in particular was nuts. I'll say this for your credibility, though. If you take ECR, which is the expert consensus rankings, and you have them predict who are going to be the top 10 or 12 quarterbacks, they're betting 50% too. We've we've done a study on that, and it's just that's the volatility for quarterbacks in the NFL. So don't beat yourself up. Uh, it's, it's still a great read, and keep making the predictions because uh, there's there's a lot of great stuff in that article. So um, you know, just because you're betting 500, hey, that, that's good, man. You're right on pace with the experts. <laughs> yeah, thanks. I mean, honestly, I don't really feel that bad about it. It's it's not this year. I mean, we've everybody probably who's listening to this has been playing football for 10 or 15 years at this point, and I think you know most people understand this year. Is is just nuts. So, you know, we do what we can, but, uh, you know, especially that list of wide receivers you listed, uh, certainly sums it up. I do the, uh, I put together the accuracy, the expert accuracy report every week. And, uh, Case Keenum last week was the number two quarterback, right? The highest anyone had him ranked was 23. The highest expert had him ranked 23. That should tell you everything you need to know is just sometimes you can't get it right. So if I give you the wrong, the wrong start advice, like I think I told someone golden Tate barely over Michael Thomas last week. Look, I was wrong. If I give you the wrong advice, that's going to happen sometimes. I'm sorry guys, but I, I think we've been doing pretty well on this show. So, um, you know, you don't have to follow everything we say, but at least listen to our reasoning because we do get paid to do research. Um, so we, we have a lot of good uh, stats out there and uh, hopefully you guys enjoy it and it helps you guys out. Absolutely. So is Devontae Adams, is he the top wide receiver pickup this week? Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, I like probably most people dropped him this week, had him in the league and said, oh, he's got the concussion. He probably isn't even going to play on Thursday. You know, we've got all the buys coming in. 
And yeah, he had a monstrous game. And, and really, he's had a really solid season. He scored a TD in every every game but two. And one of them he left early against Dallas. Uh, he had 16 targets and 13 receptions on Thursday. Uh, and, you know, the Packers get Atlanta and Indianapolis in their next two games. That's pretty good for wide receivers. And I don't know about, you know, what you think. Jordy Nelson, just he doesn't look right to me. He just does not. He's not getting the separation. He's just not doing what he needs to do. And without Eddie Lacy, the Packers are probably going to pretty much continue with this pass happy attack. So for me, uh, for my waiver claims, definitely if I need a wide receiver, Devontae Adams is my number one target. I'm not so sure about Devontae Adams. And here's why. I mean, they've got Jordy Nelson, who look, even if it's not for the injury, he's, you know, he's still getting old. So you're right. He is going backwards, but he's still the number one there. He's getting all the snaps. He's going to continue to get targets. It just wasn't in the cards last week. Uh, Chicago shut him down. And you're right. He didn't look good, but he's still the number one. And then they've got Randall Cobb, who I think is the best receiver on the team. He's been getting a ton of targets. Man, he is really good. But then you've got the emergence of Ty Montgomery. So I think that makes Devontae Adams the number four. And, uh, you know, I think the number four on on the Green Bay Packers with Aaron Rodgers is better than being the number one on Buffalo. But I don't think it's worth spending more than maybe 10 fab bucks on uh, just because I'm not sure he's ever going to get 60, 70 percent of the snaps again. I'm not sure he's going to get eight or nine targets ever again this season. It was just a great game. He does have a lot of talent. He's got Aaron Rodgers passing to him, but don't forget about the three guys ahead of him. I just think unless one of those guys gets hurt, he's going to be blocked. And we've seen him throw up so many stinkers. He's like the ultimate full school, isn't he? Yeah, no, he definitely is. And he's he's got really bad hands, at least as far as from the naked eye watching. He seems to have tons of drops, obviously not in Thursday's game. Uh, but yeah, he's just always sort of had that. I mean, I, in the bottom line though is it's just you know the way you aren't swimming with fantastic wide receivers out on the way on the waiver wire at this point. We've got tons of buys coming up for me. I don't know. They've got a really pass happy offense. I think they can sustain, especially if Montgomery is going to be sort of this running back wide receiver hybrid sort of guy coming up. I mean, Adams has been getting the TDs. He's gotten enough targets for me, regardless of whether I, it, I'm not certainly not expecting 132 yards and two TDs every game by by all means. Certainly not. But for me, given what's on the wire right now in my league, certainly Devonta Adams is is definitely my number one. I think he's probably the number one pickup. Um, I'm just not happy about it. This is a, a bad week for pickups, and so don't go splurging all your all your fab. Uh, I just don't think this is this is the week to do that. But you know, if you're going to go get yourself a wide receiver, um, maybe you can spend enough to get Devonta Adams. Uh, it's it's not, he's not a bad start. He's definitely not a bad start, but he's going to have some stinkers there. So uh, be ready for that. You know, the thing about the Packers offense, Aaron Rodgers usually throws 25, 30 passes a game. Not this year. He's throwing over 40 passes a game. They're letting him throw the ball. And if you look at his stats going into Thursday before this giant game, his stats this season were better than he started in a Super Bowl year. And he was one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL that year. He's just an, a notoriously slow starter. And it's just like Aaron Rodgers said, relax. He's got it. He has got it. He's going to be one of the top three or four quarterbacks at the end of the year. He always is as long as he stays healthy. And he is throwing the ball so much right now. I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up winning the NFL MVP. Yeah, he's had kind of a strange year. And I, I don't recall exactly how many yards he threw for in this last start. But I know before that, I think he had gone something like over a year throwing 
less for less than 300 yards in any game, which is crazy. Um, and you watch him and he has looked a little, you know, there are a couple of games where he's looked a little off, but he just, he looks frustrated when you see him, you know what I mean? When he's missing certain throws, he looks frustrated. Certainly if I had him and I wrote in the article this week and I sort of, I, I always made a joke like this recurring joke where I I'm always listing him as a QB one for the week. Like I'm, I'm just not, not going to do that. So I wouldn't even analyze it. And I would just give a random Aaron Rodgers fact every week just to sort of pass the time. But this week was the first week where I felt like I really had to sort of justify it and, and talk about it. Um, but in the end, I, I'm never sitting Aaron Rodgers. There'd probably maybe Tom Brady would be the only guy who I would consistently sort of sit Rodgers for. But other than that, yeah, he's great. He'll figure it out, you know, and he looked obviously much better in this last game. So my guess is he's going to put up his his usual sterling numbers for the rest of the season. Now, Dan, let's talk about some of these running back situations. And I was going to start with what's going on in Miami, but breaking news, you've probably read this by the time you heard the podcast, but breaking news, Aaron Foster just retired. Um, I did just read that. Crazy. Yeah, crazy. I mean, he was obviously a very trendy sort of pick uh, early on, but look, man, you've got a guy running for 200 yards every game in front of you. You probably aren't going to get too many carries going forward. And, you know, if you're eating vegetables and that's all you're eating for five years, I'm just not sure your body's going to hold up in the NFL. Um, it was uh, Aaron Foster read the cards and Jay, this is Jay Ajayi's job. He's got it. It's his. And uh, it's a shame that we have to see Foster go uh, out the way he doesn't want to go. But he had a, he had a really good career. Yeah, he was fantastic for sure. Um, I mean, it's, with Houston, all those areas, he was great. But look, I mean, if you're basically choices, well, I can probably get three or four carries a game and never really be a starter, or I can go eat some steak, I would probably choose to go eat some steak, you know? So I, I, I applaud you, uh, Aaron Foster. Go, go have a big uh, steak dinner. I don't think he's going to, man. <laughs> well, I mean, it's his loss then. But, uh, you know, yeah, look, he was a he was a phenomenal player for uh, for his entire career. Those years in, Tex in Texas, um, in Houston, he was really just, you know, he was a top five fantasy pick consistently. Uh, but, yeah, obviously, you know, it, it wasn't working out. He was battling injuries, and he's never going to see the field again with how Ajayi was playing. So let's talk about this Green Bay running back situation. Does Niall Davis take over immediately? Are they just going to keep doing this, this weird Ty Montgomery thing, which I think is awesome. It would be really cool if the if it was like a new trend in the NFL where everyone's sticking those guys back there, um, I, they'd probably all get blasted because they're little tiny guys. And I don't know how, how long Montgomery's going to last, but what is Green Bay going to do here? Should we maybe grab Don Jackson just in case? Oh, boy. I, I mean, I really don't know. Honestly, if I if I pretended to know, then I'd be lying. But uh, my guess, honestly, is that uh, Davis is probably going to be the primary ball carrier going forward, at least until James Starks gets back, whenever that'll be three or four weeks. Um, you know, they ran this really cool offense, uh, like you said, but you know, what, what stuck out to me is they had early on this fourth and goal from the one and they gave it to Montgomery and he just couldn't get in there. He's not a big enough, you know, he's not a running back really. You know what I mean? He's sort of this hybrid. They need a running back, a normal running back to be able to consistently move the chains and feel like their offense is working. And to me, I think that guy is Davis. I don't think they would have traded for him. Otherwise, my guess is most weeks, assuming that that gets uh, that that is the case, he's probably going to have, you know, sort of flex appeal, maybe really low end RB2 appeal, especially given the fact that we're approaching these horrible bye weeks with everything going forward. Don, uh, you know, I, I guess Don Jackson, you know, could could get in there. But I think Davis is, is probably going to be uh, the main guy uh, going forward. And, you know, I, I 
he's okay. You know what I mean? I, there's, he, anytime he gets carries, he seems to produce for fantasy owners, well, it, whether it's a touchdown or whether it's enough yards going forward. But in the end, I think Davis is probably the primary ball carrier until uh, until James Starks comes back. And I think, you know, Don Jackson is probably just more of a handcuff and we'll get a few carries. Niall Davis is so fast. If you guys don't know how fast he is, just go look up a highlight of Niall Davis fast. <laughs> there's there's this incredible video out, out there where he just takes off and seriously like it, it just like a bullet. Like I can't believe how fast he is. He's blowing by all these guys. Um, you know, he's bound to break a big player too. He's one of those guys that's that's probably gonna get stuffed in the backfield a bunch of times. But man, if he breaks one loose, this dude can really run. I like Nile Davis. Uh, if for whatever reason he's still available in your league, pick him up. But I also I'm starting Ty Montgomery until something changes. Absolutely. I mean, he is definitely going to be involved and he's really, you know, he was awesome. Thursday night's game was awesome. It was just fun to watch. It was sort of gimmicky and cool. And Montgomery really looked like a player. Um, I, I do think, you know, I'd be hard pressed to start Davis until he basically does something. I have him on a roster. I, you know, unless I'm really strapped, I'm not going to start him, but I do expect that he's going to be good going forward. He's, you know, you can't read anything in from week seven. He was traded two days before, you know, the game and he barely knew the playbook. He'll now have had basically two weeks to learn it. My guess is he'll be involved, uh, next week and then going forward. So, uh, it'll be cool, but honestly, yeah, I like Tom Montgomery a lot and he'll still definitely hold some value going forward, regardless of what happens with Davis. You know, and if Green Bay can't figure it out, they can just take a play out of Kansas City's playbook. And, you know, Kansas City was throwing Don Tari Poe out there in the backfield. Just put Clay, Clay Matthews there. <laughs> He'll just crush people. Absolutely. It's like when the Texans used to use J.J. Watt, right? They would use him every once in a while. Yeah, you might as well get some of these defensive guys in there for sure. Yeah, Bobby Boucher style. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. Now, what do we make of Detroit's backfield? Zenner scored again, but he looks bad. Uh, Dwayne Washington and... Uh, and Theo Riddick should be back soon. Forsett has a low ceiling. Should we just avoid this altogether? I mean, you know, given the buy situation, any running back with a pulse is worth something. So I, I wouldn't say to necessarily avoid it, but it's certainly not any. If you're relying on this situation, you're probably in trouble. Um, I mean, I think Riddick certainly has the most value when he's healthy, especially in PPR leagues. He was doing pretty well, but I don't know what the deal is with his injury. He didn't. Pra- he hasn't practiced for two straight weeks, so I don't know if he's on the verge of coming back with the ankle. Uh, Washington obviously has a lot of talent, a lot of upside. He was a surprise and active this week, but we haven't seen him do it yet. Corsett looked okay, but again, he has a low ceiling, like you said, and Zenner really did not look good at all, except he was the one that got the touchdown. Uh, you know, going forward, I, you know, if, if I have Riddick, I'm holding him and I probably think that he'll be a starting option. I might think that Washington could have some value, but for the most part, uh, I, I'm basically avoiding them. They don't really have a great schedule for running backs going, going forward anyway. So, I mean, I, you know, you, you can't avoid all, you know, any, every running back situation, but for the most part, I wouldn't be looking there uh, for any significant value. Now, how about in Philly, Ryan Matthews, he's got to be on the hot seat, right? Another big fumble. And look, he's really talented, but I think they've got to give Smallwood or Barner a shot sooner than later, right? Yeah, you know, I, I, Matthews is, is a tough, tough case. They don't seem to want to fully commit to him. And he, he lost the fumble, second, second loss fumble in three weeks. And, you know, we know coaches hate that. But, I mean, he, he did run pretty well against Minnesota. He had about four yards per carry at a 27-yard reception. And, you know, he still had the lead role. Uh, Smallwood is great. He's got a lot of talent. But, you know, as we saw in that Pittsburgh game. But 
he he just he's not getting the work right now and neither is, is Barner. I mean, they're just, they look good, but they're not really getting the work. I think for now, if I was a Matthews owner, I'd probably want to own uh, one or both of those guys if I had enough uh, room on my roster. But uh, for me, as long as he can avoid further fumbles, uh, I think Matthews will be fine to hold the job. But certainly if he fumbles again, and especially if it's in a critical situation, then they're going to really have no choice but to turn probably to, I don't know, Barner's got a little more experience, obviously, but Smallwood's a little more explosive. So I'd be mildly concerned if I was uh, a Matthews owner, but I don't think he's quite on the verge of losing that job yet. You know, I, I like Barner a lot. I've been waiting for him to get the job. But the thing is with the Eagles situation, if one of those guys takes over the job, I'm not sure it's, you know, still going to be a, a split situation where the max they're getting like 12 touches. I would rather own a Benny Cunningham who, look, in, in Los Angeles's offense, no, Todd Gurley's not getting any room to run. He's getting hit on average uh, before he gets to one yard. He's having contact hit before one yard. That is just abysmal what's going on there. But if Todd Gurley goes down... Benny Cunningham's probably going to get 15, 20 touches every game. And it's like you said with volume. I would rather have the the high opportunity volume guy. And I think that's Benny Cunningham over Barner or Smallwood. So if you've got a really deep league, I would consider a guy like Cunningham. But I wouldn't even consider Barner or Smallwood. I don't like what's going on in, in Philadelphia's uh, running back situation. Maybe if one or two guys gets hurt, yeah, then we can talk. But um, I'm not really high on it. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not a big handcuff guy. Uh, you know, I, I understand that a lot of owners do it, and I, I have no problem with the strategy, but I'd rather sort of, uh, you know, use my uh, bench positions on, on guys who are going to help me now. Or, you know, if I did, I'd probably, like, I'd probably only own Smallwood if I ever did, um, if I had Matthews, I guess, you know what I mean? But yeah, you know, you want somebody who's really, you know, if, if somebody goes down, there's going to be a clear role for them going forward. And I think it's fair to say we have no idea what the Eagles would do if Ryan Matthews went down with an injury, whether it would be Smallwood or Barner or Darren Sproles would get even more work. So it's a fair point that quite frankly, who even knows which one to own or whether it would be worth it at all. I think it's also a fair point to say that the Bills are absolute boneheads. Um, for, for running LaShawn McCoy out there with a strained hammy. Everyone knew how this was going to work out. How long does he miss? And how in the world is Mike Gillisley still available in some leagues? I cannot believe that they made him active. And I, I mean, the uh, the setback, you were just, every owner was just waiting for it. Just waiting for it. It, it made less sense than any football decision I've ever seen in the world. Um I'm hearing early from what I've seen that it's kind of the same thing. Wasn't really a bad setback. He'll be questionable again in a game time decision. My guess is he has to miss this week, at least. Um, There's no way they can send him out there. Although I thought there was no way they could send him out there this week. Uh, You know, hopefully he'll miss week nine as well. They have a bye in week 10. He can just take a few weeks, get healthy and be good for the stretch run. My guess, you know, knowing Rex Ryan is, you know, He'll sit this week, probably, and then they'll probably throw him out there in week nine, unfortunately, which would, again, make no sense. Um, But they have a couple. I mean, I think they play New England this week and then they have Seattle in Seattle. Those are two terrible matchups. So quite frankly, let McCoy rest, get him healthy and keep him ready for the stretch run. As far as Gillisley goes, he should not be unowned in any league, no matter what size. It's obvious that McCoy is battling an injury. He's a primary guy sort of to have as a handcuff he has produced in his limited action. So if to the extent he's still out there in any leagues, he needs to be picked up immediately because he'll have great value, assuming that McCoy were to be seriously injured. 
you know Rex Ryan's going to run the ball. I mean, what if what if McCoy ends up being out for the rest of the season because of this? Then you've got a Rex Ryan running back that you picked up off the waivers. Yeah, no, I, I know. I mean, Rex still sort of lives in the 80s, you know what I mean? Uh, where basically running the ground and pound is what he wants to do. And to be fair, it's not as if the Bills have this prolific passing attack, uh, especially with Sammy Watkins down. So, I mean, you know, we might run the ball if we were the coaches of the Jets too. But yeah, for sure. If Gillisley were to take over, he'd get a ton of volume going in. And he'd be very productive. He'd certainly be an RB2 going forward at worst. So definitely Gillisley should be owned, especially given McCoy's iffy status. So speaking of strained hammies, Tevin Coleman has a tight one too. What do you know about Devontae Freeman's backup, Teron Ward? Can he step into that role and produce in a similar manner? Is it just the Devontae Freeman show now? Uh, You know, I I don't know that much about Teron Ward, and I don't think anybody really does. He just hasn't played that much. I mean, he didn't look particularly special last year when he got in the game. It was only 3.3 yards per carry. Obviously, the Falcons have no problem giving Devontae Freeman 25, 30 touches a game like they did routinely last year. So my best guess is if Coleman misses uh, time, which it sounds like he probably will unless Rex Ryan calls Dan Quinn and says, don't worry, these you know running backs are all, they can all play with hamstring injuries, that Basically, it's going to be nonstop Devonta Freeman uh, with Ward basically being a handcuff slash mild change of pace back. You know what I mean? He'll get maybe five or six touches a game, but not enough probably unless you're purely handcuffing to really have any value. When I'm setting my weekly rankings, the way that I do this is I say, okay, how would I have these guys ranked against the average defense in the league? And then I go based on the matchup. So, you know, against the average defense in the league, I would have Devontae Freeman right now as the running back four with Tevin Coleman out. He's only behind, in my opinion, Ezekiel Elliott, uh, Le'Veon Bell, and David Johnson. All those three are really close. But Freeman's right behind them, in my opinion. I even have him ahead of DeMarco Murray, Lamar Miller, just because with Coleman out, I think he's going to get so much work. We know how talented he is. Plus that offensive line, it might even be better than Dallas's offensive line. It is really good. Absolutely. I could not disagree with that at all. I mean, both guys have been fantastic this year, given that, you know, which is rare that you can really sustain two running backs as top 20 guys. But uh, I think the bottom line, the best thing about Freeman is not only is he running well, but, uh, you know, he's so involved. Both running backs are involved in the passing game. And, you know, it was really clear against Denver where basically Matt Ryan basically said, look, my wide receivers are not going to be able to beat these cornerbacks. I'm just going to dump off nonstop to the running back. So, you know, Freeman is going to be involved, whether it's the running game or the passing game. And if he is basically the only show in town, he's going to be a monster. So number four sounds perfectly right to me. Now, one of my favorite midsummer targets was Chris Thompson. I'm sure you guys all remember this if you've been listening to the show for a while. And then it became clear he was never going to be given a chance to even be a two down back. Well, last week, Thompson gets his hands on the ball 19 times. And oh, by the way, he leads the NFL in yards per carry since he came into the NFL. How do you feel about him and Matt Jones going forward? I I like Thompson a lot for sure. Uh, He's got uh, really good talent and Matt Jones and these fumbles, I mean, it's going to be the death of him. He's got eight fumbles over the last season and a half now. He's got eight fumbles in its last 243 carries, which is an insanely high number. I mean, you just you cannot be a starting running back in the NFL and fumble at that level. It's just not going to happen. And Jay Gruden has been open about it that basically says we can't keep having to address this problem. And the fumble in particular was a killer because it was on the goal line. So it's like the worst possible time that you could be fumbling. Um, 
I Thompson obviously showed what he can do. My guess, and again, you know, can't exactly tell, but Thompson's probably earned himself a few more carries. I still think that it's probably going to be Jones for the time being as the lead back with Thompson being more of the pass catching back and the change of pace guy, a few more catches maybe going forward. But if Jones fumbles again, and quite frankly, given this history, you'd have to think that he's going to, then Thompson is going to take over and he's going to be a big time fantasy guy because he's great catching the ball out of the backfield. Um, and he's he's running, like you said, I mean, he's averaging over five yards per carry. So uh, I definitely like Thompson. He needs to be rostered for sure. Um, but for now, I, I played, you know, I still think that Jones is probably the lead back with, but really, really on thin ice. You know, I, I want to get really excited about Thompson again, but the fact of the matter is if you look at his game, his best comps are probably someone like Javid Best or CJ Spiller. And maybe if you put Percy Harvin in the backfield, where, where he wouldn't be as good, but you know he could he could get uh, some some yards per carry racked up. But this guy can't last more than you know 10, 15 carries in a game. He just can't. That's not the way that he's built. Uh, he's he's great at catching the ball in the backfield. I'd love to have him in PPR leagues, but outside of PPR leagues, I don't think I'm spending a dollar on him this week. I I, I want to I want to be right about Thompson, but outside of PPR leagues, I'm just not sure I could ever see him being startable. Look, man, I mean, the, with the buys and with the running back situation this week, you know, if he's going to get, even if he's going to get 15 carries, you know what I mean? He'll probably get, you know, four or five uh, catches, you know, at the backfield. He he definitely have value, you know, whether or not he could hold up for more than, you know, several games, I, I, I don't know. But at this point, I mean, he's certainly got as much potential as anybody you're going to find if he's available out on the wire. So, I mean, it's not like I'm targeting him in trades necessarily, but certainly I'd, I'd be looking for him if he's on the waiver wire. Then let's jump over to tight end really quick. Vernon Davis, Ladarius Green, Jack Doyle. Are any of these guys even worth owning? And if so, which one's the best pickup if you absolutely need a tight end? I'll talk about positions that are struggling. I mean, if you can get 30 yards a week, you're basically a top 10 tight end at this point. Um, I mean, I think, I think all three of the guys you mentioned have some value i guess uh you know vernon davis has been great but i I think jordan reed is practicing now um and obviously he's got the concussion history but uh you know so if he's there vernon davis's value is basically next to nothing ladarius green everybody's really excited about but he still hasn't practiced once this season obviously so can't get too excited about him jack doyle he's definitely the guy who i'm looking at if i if i need a tight end uh Obviously, Dwayne Allen's looking like his, he's, it's a multi-week injury. He's not coming back this week. He's got back-to-back games with a, with a touchdown, and one of them was against the Texans, and they're pretty tough against tight ends. And Andrew Luck needs somebody to throw the ball to. You know, everybody is getting injured. You know, I know Dante Moncrief is, is coming back, but in the end, he, he's got to throw the ball to somebody other than T.Y. Hilton, and Doyle is making the catches and being productive. So for me, Doyle is 100%. Uh, the guy who I'd be looking at if he was available on the waiver wire. And, you know, he's definitely a top 10 tight end, certainly maybe top five, quite frankly, uh, as long as Dwayne Allen is out. You know, even with Dwayne Allen back, I just think Jack Doyle's better. I think he wins this job, never gives it back. So yeah, if I'm picking up a tight end, it's Jack Doyle. Look, as far as Ladarius Green goes, you look at what he did last year on the Chargers in the same situation as Hunter Henry, except he had more experience in the NFL. He was nowhere near as good as Hunter Henry. Same exact situation. I just don't see getting excited about a guy who hasn't played all year. We don't know if he's going to bounce back and even be 100%. Um, I know Big Ben needs some more guys to throw to when he gets back outside of Brown. And I guess Sammy Coach, you can put in that conversation. But 
I'm just not excited about Ladarius Green. You you put him with Tom Brady, and I wouldn't be that excited about him. Yeah, I mean, it's fair. He's one of these guys who literally has not shown anything really on the NFL in, in game action, but everybody loves. You know what I mean? He had like a couple of games, I think, you know, where he was better than, than Gates, and everybody got really excited. But it, it's all just, you know, there, there's nothing really to get that excited about until we see it. And like you, like we both said, he's not even practicing yet. So the idea that sort of, you know, he's going to step in after basically not having anything to do with football for the last, you know, four months, and suddenly he's going to be just this, this top tight end. It's just, it's unrealistic. He's Jared Cook. Yeah. And he's I don't Jared want Jared Cook. Cook. And I bought into Jared Cook in the, in the uh, preseason and drafted him and it was a disaster. <laughs> so I'm not going to do it again with Green. All right, moving over to quarterbacks. If your QB is on a bye this week, or maybe you're streaming while Big Ben's hurt, I'm picking up Alex Smith face Indy, or maybe Ryan Fitzpatrick face Cleveland. How about you? Yeah, both those guys are definitely uh, top options out on the waiver wire, um, and they'd be mine for sure. A couple of other names who I might be thinking about is, I I don't know if Josh McCown is going to finally come back this week. Um, I know the Browns are on like their seventh or eighth quarterback at this point um but if he returns obviously the jets secondary is been pretty abysmal what sunday's game against uh flacco notwithstanding so i could see mccown who's been pretty productive when he plays i might look at sam bradford you know he's yeah. you know he's i know believe me i'm not excited about it as you can hear my <laughs> voice um you know the bears are okay but you know they've given up six passing touchdowns in their last three games and I could see a bounce back performance on Monday night and uh, maybe Brock Osweiler, obviously, uh, you know, Detroit is just so terrible against opposing QB. So I could see him doing something, but certainly if, if all the guys we've talked about were available, Alex Smith and Ryan Fitzpatrick are definitely far and away the, the better options. Yeah. The Osweiler one, that's a good one too, especially in deep leagues. Um, I, I would, I would start anyone against Detroit's yeah. defense. Yeah. Anyone, any, any wide receiver, other than Deshaun Jackson and pretty much any, you know, tight end, just get them in there and any quarterback, just get them in there and they should be able to provide startable numbers. So what's going to happen with this Cowboys quarterback controversy? I'm trying to convince my boss to trade me for Tom Brady because I'm trying to get Jameis Winston. Hopefully they're not listening to this, but I, I guarantee they are because he he listens to it before we put it out there. <laughs> um, but I mean, I'm seeing Tony Romo is going to take the job any day now. Am I right? Well, I, I, I hope your boss isn't listening then because I, I, I'm not sure. I, I, you know, I think in the end, really what, what it comes down to is this week's game against Philadelphia. And I think, you know, Romo's not going to play this week for sure. I think they're targeting probably if he's okay next week against uh, the Browns. You know, Prescott's been, been great, certainly, but I mean, he's had a, he's had a pretty easy schedule in terms of passing wise. You know what I mean? So it, it hasn't been like he's, he's lighting up these, these really tough defenses. Right. The Eagles, they have a very kind of tough secondary. I mean, I think Ron Brooks may be out now, but, you know, still they've got a really good secondary, really good defense, as you saw against Minnesota. So if he struggles against them, I think that that is sort of the perfect opportunity, you know what I mean, to say, okay, well, now Romo's healthy and it's always been Romo's job. And that's what it is. If he does well against them, which I think. He could. Obviously, they're off a bye. Dez is coming back, and the Eagles are coming off this huge win, so you could see a big letdown game. If he does really well against the Eagles and they win, I just don't know if they're going to be able to go to Romo, given how well uh, Prescott is doing. I will say, though, that regardless, even if I didn't necessarily think that Romo will absolutely win the job, this week, if he's available on your waiver, you add him now. Because if 
if Prescott struggles or it turns out that Romo is going to come back against Cleveland, then there's going to be this mad dash to pick him up. So if you're struggling at quarterback position and he's available, pick him up now. He's not going to start this week. Everybody is a buy. They probably don't have that much room to just be stashing the quarterback, but get him right now. I know that's what I'm going to do in one of my leagues uh, because he, if he does play, he should be very productive, of course. Um, and now is the time to do it before he actually gets back into action. Yeah, if he's healthy, he's probably QB 10, QB 11, somewhere right around there. I, I think you're right that the Cowboys are going to do that where they they let Dak fail so that they can hand it over to Tony Romo because that just seems like a Jerry Jones kind of move. He's, he's a PR guy. Um, uh, I hate that, that idea because, I mean, look, look it's a lose-lose situation. You put Dak out there and he fails. That means your team fails because your quarterback is failing. When you have a guy like Tony Romo who – Look, he, they're talking about Eli Manning being a Hall of Famer. Tony Romo's been a better quarterback than Eli Manning. He hasn't won the Super Bowl, but, I mean, Eli Manning had, had all those great defenses. Uh, he had some good wide receivers to throw the ball to. Tony Romo, if you look at him, he's the best fourth-quarter quarterback of all time. He's a very good quarterback. And you've got Dak Prescott, who, look, he has a, he has a fine future, but he's not Tony Romo quite yet. He's played six games, and five of them have been against the bottom ten secondaries in the NFL. He's at a weak schedule, and uh, he's got Ezekiel Elliott in that offensive line. Just imagine what Tony Romo is going to do there. No, I agree. I'm sure he'll be great. Here's the worry, though. I First of all, I agree on Romo generally as a quarterback. I think he's great. I think he's underrated. I think he takes way too much heat. Um, I, I really like him as a quarterback. But here's the problem. Suppose you put Romo – suppose Prescott does great. Uh, against the Eagles and you put Romo in and suppose Romo is terrible suppose he he really just doesn't do well against the Browns and the Steelers and the Cowboys have a few bad losses then what are you looking at you're looking at this sort of you know tough QB thing where you may have to say okay Tony we gave you the job and now we're pulling you because you're not that good I, you know I understand at least certainly a PR you you said it absolutely right with Jerry Jones but I, I do at least understand saying like, well, you know, for right now, I, I, we got essentially internally thinking, well, we got to go with Prescott. And if he does really well, then we can't bench him. If he does not do well, that at least allows us to go to Romo and that we can give Romo a little more slack because at least Prescott has now failed um, a little bit. But I get it. It's a weird situation. I'm glad I don't have to make the choice. Um, but, you know, I, I think it kind of all hinges on, on what happens this game against the Eagles. You know, the thing is, though, if you were making the choice, you'd be getting paid like $5 million to make it. So even if you screwed up, you've still got $5 million. That's a really good point. So, okay, thanks. I will then become the guy that makes the decision. And you've talked me into it. I accept the job. So if you, <laughs> this is kind of off the cuff, but if someone offered you a million dollars to play one full game, like all 60 snaps, but you had to play a receiver and go across the middle, on, on virtually every play, like you're probably going to have five or six balls thrown to you at least. Would you take the million dollars? So do I have to like make an effort to catch the balls or do oh, I yeah. just get... I mean, you're going to be on national television. You would humiliate yourself if you just were a big wuss about it. Yeah. Am I going to get like clocked? Because if I'm going to get clocked... Oh, and, definitely. Oh, uh, boy. Um, yeah, yeah, sure. Why not? Whatever. I'll still do it. <laughs> that, that's good. So anybody who's listening to this, if you have a spare million dollars and you want to test this theory, I am available. I will do it. I have said it now on the podcast. So I'm ready. <laughs> I'll take up the offer for free. I'll, I'll go out there for free. No, you know what? Pay, pay me $5. All right. Buy me Qdoba or something. That's fair. That's fair. Okay. Streaming defenses for the week. I think it's really ugly. And that, that's why I already picked up my streaming defense. 
Uh, you guys who listen know that I do this a week in advance. I think it's better than having, you know, a, a sixth wide receiver who's never going to be a wide receiver three. Um, so I was able to snag Tennessee Titans face Blake Bortles. I'm so happy about that. Dan, who are you recommending this week? Yeah, Tennessee is a great pickup. You know, Bortles is going to have one or two turnovers uh, at a minimum. Yeah, this week is bad. Uh, there is really not that many uh, good defenses widely available. I guess the favorite, at least from in my leagues that are widely available, are probably the Jets. Um, I, I mean, the Browns, obviously, the QB situation, who knows what's going on there. So, uh, you know, you'd figure they might have some turnovers. And, you know, I'm a Jets fan. I watched this game and uh, against the Ravens. And they looked a lot better. Oddly enough, I think it's because Mo Wilkerson was out and Todd Bowles was able to kind of switch them to a 3-4 defense, which is really what they should be doing anyway. Um, and with that, I think the defense works a lot better anyway. I think they just sort of clog the middle. There's no running game. They get more pressure on the quarterback, which allows sort of the secondary to kind of do their thing. So I'd probably stream the Jets if I was in a bind. Um, I do think they'll get a few turnovers, definitely some sacks and against Cleveland. Other than that, I mean, the only other one was maybe Dallas. I mean, obviously Carson Wentz has kind of come back down to earth a little bit and uh, they're coming off a bye. They'll be at home. I think it's a primetime game, so they'll probably be pretty jazzed up. But yeah, if Tennessee is available, if you don't play with Bobby and you know guys aren't picking up defenses a week early, then definitely Tennessee is, is the number one sort of widely available target. Okay, before we close out with wide receivers, I want to ask the first kicker question in Fantasy Pros football podcast history. If, if a kicker is on the bye, like say you have Justin Tucker, one of these top tier kickers, if there is such a thing, do you drop him when he's on the bye or do you just ride it out and waste a bench spot on a kicker? So first, I'm really honored to be a part of the first kicker question ever, and I'll, I'll make sure to write that on my tombstone. Um, I, uh, I, I'd say, I'll say 99% of the time I drop the kicker uh, i i won't say 100 percent because i'm pretty sure there was one random time where i had like three guys on ir and there just weren't there just weren't that many people to pick up and i had the top kicker in the game so i just kept the kicker but for the most part no man kickers you throw a dart you know you throw a dart and you hope that, you know you find a guy in a dome on a decent scoring offense and that's your kicker for the week it's certainly nothing where you need to be holding on no, even if it's Justin Tucker or anything like that, I, I just can't imagine a situation being where I didn't have somebody worse uh, than my kicker to drop. You know what I mean? Like I, I just, I mean, someone, you know, the kicker wasn't the worst guy in my league to drop. I just, it, I, I find it hard to believe. So I dropped my kicker for sure. <laughs> I don't even want to waste a breath on this because you drop your kicker. I don't care if it's Katowski who's led the league in kicking fantasy points for five straight years. That's a fluke. Kickers are vo so volatile. You can't predict anything. Pick up a new kicker every single week. Don't hang on to them. That's, please don't do that. Okay, over to wide receiver. Uh, I, I think the top waiver wire out of the week is Corey Coleman. I, I can't imagine he's unowned in any serious leagues, but apparently he's available in 66% of leagues. So what's he going to do when he comes back? And when does he come back, Dan? Well, in defense of all the fantasy owners, I mean, you know, you've got a lot of buys. It's tough to stash someone for, you know, five or six weeks, but I agree. He's got loads of talent. Um, I'm not sure if it's going to be this week. I, I think Hugh Jackson said as much that he doesn't know if he's going to practice this week. I think it's been five weeks since the injury, and he had a four to six week timetable given when he first got the injury. So my guess uh, is that he doesn't play uh, this week, and then he returns in, in week nine. I think they play. Dallas, uh, when he does, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty optimistic. He looked great in those first two games for sure. Um, he's really just explosive. 
Um, it's dangerous to rely on rookies, obviously, but you know, with Terrell Pryor being there, it almost takes some of the heat off Coleman going in. So I, I think if I had him, I'd probably, once he comes back, maybe a second weekend after he gets his feet wet, I'd probably look at him as like a, a wide receiver three with upside. Um, you know, they play some decent, but not great pass defenses coming up with Baltimore and Pittsburgh and stuff like that. So I, I'd be, I'd be bullish on him. He'd be a starter, but I, I think of him more as a wide receiver three with a lot of upside. He's my top guy this week. I'm, I'm going to bid $8 on him and uh, you should too, except hopefully everyone in your league is listening to this. And so you actually need to bid $9 to get Corey Coleman. Uh, I, I think he's the top player of the week. Uh, look at what he did. He had over 200 yards and a touchdown in his first two NFL games ever. He's the only explosive athlete. You can say what you want about Terrell Pryor, but it, there's a reason he was the number three, number four wide receiver on Cleveland going into the season. Um, it's because he's, he's not that talented, but he's the only guy in Cleveland right now. And look what he's doing when Corey Coleman comes back and they're playing from behind five, six touchdowns every week. Coleman is going to be, he's going to be awesome. He's going to be a wide receiver too, in my opinion. Yeah. Oddly enough, despite the fact that, I mean, you may be playing quarterback for them next week. Who knows? They, they seem to sustain a decent passing offense and maybe it is just because they're constantly behind. Uh, but they make it work. So yeah, he'll definitely have value. Um, and I think it's, it's the offense is good enough somehow to sustain both Coleman and Pryor. So I'd definitely be looking to pick him up. And we've also got Jamison Crowder, who seems to be the number one for the Redskins. They're a decent passing team and he's the number one. Is he a better pickup than Olympian Marcus Goodwin? Uh, well, I mean, uh, unless we're talking a 40 yard dash, then yeah, I think Crowder's probably a little bit better than, than Goodwin in terms of a pickup. Um, I mean, he's been solid, uh, you know, for, for most of the season, especially Sunday, got seven of his nine targets for 108 yards. The only thing with Crowder is that I think he's really benefited from Jordan Reed's absence. I mean, they were saying as much on the broadcast on Sunday. Um, so once Reed comes back and we talked about it earlier, it sounds like he's practicing. I could see Crowder kind of taking a dip in both uh, targets, but he's efficient. He gets most of his targets. Kirk Cousins certainly trusts him. I do not know where Deshaun Jackson is. So I, I think Crowder will have a pretty solid role going forward with Goodwin. I mean, he's behind uh, Robert Woods, uh, as long as Woods foot injury, isn't that bad, which it doesn't sound like right now. And I mean, and Goodwin is fun, but he's a complete home run play. I mean, he's when he catches that long bomb, like he just did against Miami and like he, he didn't week two against the jets then he's awesome. And other than that, he just torpedoes your team and gets absolutely nothing. Plus I think he left this, this last game with a concussion, uh, anyway, and they've got some tough matchups coming up regardless. So again, for me, between those two, I'd go Crowder, but I, I think his production may dip a little bit um, when Jordan Reed comes back. Did you see Goodwin's touchdown dance? I did. It's, uh, he I'm, jumped so high. Look, I mean, it, if you're in a touchdown dance league, I definitely pick him up. But <laughs> I, you know, other than that, he's 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 fun and exciting, and he's so fast. So it, it's really it's really awesome when he catches one of those long bombs. But you know, in the end, just way too boomer bust. At my friend's bachelor party, we uh, we had one of those speed trap signs. We called the police and asked if they would put it on our road so we could use it for the bachelor party. And we all ran fast as, as we all ran past it as fast as we could. I want to see how fast 
good one would be on that because that guy's blazing man i know you'd feel your teeth i don't know what a good number is at this point 20 miles an hour you're like your fastest speed i don't even know but yeah it would be amazing he really is and i you know again i'm a jets fan i was watching that bills game and i, I didn't even know who goodwin was i barely knew you know i kind of had heard of him and stuff like that but watching him just streak down the field it, it's it's awesome to watch when it all connects but it just doesn't connect nearly enough so uh you know I, i'd be looking at crowder for sure Usain Bolt's 26 miles per hour, which probably puts Goodwin in the 24, maybe 25 range because he's really fast. But I mean, that's still slower than like a house cat. Yeah. So, I mean, who wants that? Right? Just pick up a house cat and you'd be fine. <laughs> okay. Tell us, tell us what the tape says about Marquise Lee. I've been hyping him up since July, so I'm not sure I have any credibility, but finally he's getting some attention. Can he surpass Alan Hearns in this offense? Yeah, I definitely think he can. I'm not sure he has just yet, um, but he definitely can. He is, I'll talk about another guy who's super fast. Definitely Marquise Lee is, is right up there. He has been doing great lately. He's got at least six targets in five straight games. Bortles really seems to like him. He looks for him often. Hearns is kind of iffy. You know, you never know what he's going to do. And he's battling a little shoulder thing. So I, I'm not sure. Certainly for PPR, uh, you know, Lee will should probably surpass Hearns. Um, but for now, I'd probably still go with Hearns if I'm, for example, choosing this week. But yeah, I really like what I'm seeing about Lee. He's playing well. Uh, he's running well. If he can just avoid these you know, hamstring injuries that have plagued him for his brief career, he really should be good and continue to grow in that offense. Who leads, who leads the Jaguars in receptions? Do you know? Uh, I don't know. I would have thought maybe Lee, but... Okay, so Dan, listen to this. First of all, the Jaguars really like Marquise Lee. Well, they did at least because they took him before Allen Robinson in the draft. And he would have gone in the first 10 picks if he hadn't had some minor injury concerns. Um, he's a very talented receiver. But Allen Robinson leads the team with 47 targets. Marquise Lee, he's all the way down at 38. But if you look at receptions, Marquise Lee's leading the team in receptions. He has 29 receptions and Allen Robinson only has 24. He's going to keep hitting the ball. Um I still love Marquise Lee, and if he's available in your league, I like him as one of the top three or four guys again this week. Yeah, no, absolutely. He just, if you watch the games, I mean, the Bortles and the entire Jaguars passing attack looks a little out of sync, obviously, with Allen Robinson being so bad, you can tell, but really, the one guy who I feel like he, he seems to almost look at like his, his safety blanket looks to be Lee. He's getting a lot of targets, and he's making a lot of receptions. So, in the end, I definitely think his... His role in this offense will continue to grow. He probably will surpass Hearns as the number two going forward. And certainly in PPR leagues, he's definitely a guy to own. I feel like it makes a lot of sense to own all these backup running backs in case the starter goes down and someone like Derrick Henry turns into a running back one. But that never really happens with wide receiver. I mean, obviously it's happened with guys like uh, like Stephon Diggs, um, but he's you know he's not a fantasy wide receiver one, right? It's not the same as a, a fantasy running back one, which Derrick Henry could become. I think Marquise Lee could be that rare guy who actually transforms into a fantasy wide receiver one out of obscurity. He just has to get the targets. Yeah, he's got loads of talent, uh, like we've talked about. And uh, I definitely think that he's a guy who, as long as he can stay healthy, that's really the big thing with him. He's always battled these leg injuries. If he can stay healthy, continue building his rapport with, with Bortles, he can definitely become a solid fantasy contributor going forward for sure. I just want to make a quick public service announcement. I just saw Quincy and Noon was still available in over half of leagues. If he's available in your league, first of all, get better at fantasy football because you should already have him. Pick him up right now 
win your league, and then find a tougher league to play in next year. Can you agree, Dan? Oh, I'll accept about finding a tougher league to play in next year. Because why would you if you can just, you know, play in uh, leagues that aren't that good? But yeah, uh, uh, Quincy, and then absolutely. Uh, like I said, I'm a Jets fan. Uh, he's great. He's got a load of talent. I don't understand exactly why he's not on the field as much as he should be. I mean, he only played 65% of the snaps. My guess is after his great, you know, 80-yard touchdown run that he had, he'll probably be on the field for more going forward. He is the number two with Eric Decker going down. Um, And it's a decent pass offense. It doesn't seem that way because I had a really tough first six games, but their schedule lightens up significantly. And their next three are against Cleveland, Miami, and the Rams. Three really bad pass defenses. And then what is going to be good going forward and certainly over the next three games. So a hundred percent pick them up immediately stay in your league though, because it allows you to pick up guys like that. Uh, but for sure he's going to be good going forward and he's a definite ad. And uh, you know, to be clear, if he and Devontae Adams are out there, I didn't, I didn't really think about him in terms of guys who are widely available, but, but pick up a new one because, because he's definitely going to be solid going forward. You know, I actually just retweeted something from Raymond Summerlin who, who comes on the show. Sometimes he's, he's a great follow on Twitter, but he just pointed out Quincy Inunua played fewer snaps than Robbie Anderson and had just one more target last week. That's amazing. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I don't understand it. And I'm a Jets fan and I watched the games and it, w- it was mind boggling. And I actually had picked up Inunua two weeks ago when someone dropped him, which shocked me when that happened um, because he's good. He's got good hands. He runs. He's a good route runner. Uh, he needs to be more heavily involved. And my guess is that the Jets are going to realize it too. I mean, Robbie Anderson is, is fun and, and, you know, it's, it's nice to watch and he's got tons of speed, but no, it's Marshall and it's Anunwa, And really those are the two guys. And so he's got to be more involved going forward. And I think he will be. All right, Dan. Well, that's all the questions we have for you today. Thanks again for coming on. Good luck this week. Thanks buddy. For those of you listening, we have our Thursday morning ranking show coming at you with guests Chris Harris and Matt Latubsky, then Jared Court coming back on from Fantasy Crunchers to talk some DFS Friday morning. So make sure to tune in for those episodes. Thanks for listening and enjoy your football. I just wanted you to watch me dissolve.